My name is Max, his name is Jesse, it's a pleasure to have you here, and we're coming down from the dizzying heights of last time's episode, last time's is the word, uh, with Mr. Bill Stevenson, and now we're just back to reality of talking to each other. Oh, there goes gravity. Um, there was, yeah, it's happy um, two-week anniversary of talking to um, my favourite drummer, musician, and songwriter of all time um that was good times but yeah back to normal stuff so if you're here because you love descendants and bill stevenson you subscribe to us i can only apologize <laughs> you are going to be bitterly bitterly <laughs> disappointed uh mr crummy good evening hey hi cromwell nice to see you join in in happy birthday delayed yeah birthday. uh two days ago it was 23rd was his birthday 30 plus one Right up at his street as well. I feel like the three of us, the Pokemon thing, it's something we've always had as a triangle. Yeah, Cromie, um I played um, a lot of Pokemon with Cromie when I was a kid. Um, there was a little sort of secret. We thought of it as a secret base just over the way from his house where you'd like get through some shrubbery. And it was weird, actually, because you get through this shrubbery and go down a hill and there was this like area that had a sleeping bag in it and probably needles. <laughs> but there was never anyone there when we were there. So we were like, yeah, this is a cool den, man. Not realising that some crackhead was probably living there. And uh, we used to sit there with our Game Boy Colours and link up and um, trade. He had Pokemon Blue, I had Pokemon Red. It was good times. Just reminds me of that Simpsons bit with uh, Millhouse and Bart. And Millhouse goes, this is where I come to cry. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly that. We had that <laughs> lovely I come to shoot up. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice. And um, he traded me his electrode, which remains the best electrode I've ever had. Its speed stats were just insane. Its nickname was Zarka. Um, and Crommy got that um, electro tattooed on the back of his leg, complete with, he got me to turn on my old Pokemon Red to get the ID number to give him, and that ID number is tattooed under it. How cool is that? That is cool. That's something I would like to do, but my gold was my heart and soul. There's a little bit of a link there. Nice. Um, but unfortunately, I had the issue where the battery went, and it just wiped the save. So my, my original childhood team is dead. Mine is still alive on my red from like 1998 or whatever it would be, 97, which is bonkers, right? How is that still living? It's magic. Okay. Yeah. It's magic. You're an old, old man. Very I old know. Man. Yeah. Original one still going crazy. So speaking of that, Pokemon is a very big thing in mine and Jesse's life. And it, there, there's that point where it was like super cool. And then you had to hide it for a while. And then you went, fuck it. I like Pokemon, and you could share it again. But Pokemon has been in our lives since eight years old? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was... Yeah, it would have been um, Christmas... No, um, fucking hell, I, I don't know off the top of my head, really. Um, but I guess I know it came out in 97 in Japan, so I guess it must have come out 98 here because yeah. there was that sort of delay because it took the majors to translate things back then. Um, but do you remember a moment in childhood where you realised Pokemon was no longer cool, because I do. I, I don't know if there was a moment, but I remember people stopped bringing in their cards and that kind of thing, yeah. Pokemon cards got banned from my primary school. That's how serious but it got. For what reason? 
Because they were getting nicked, mate. People were like robbing each other's lockers. Uh, Insurance, <laughs> yeah, basically mugging each other for shit. Um, <laughs> so it was probably I was annoyed at the time, but looking back, I think it was wise. Like <laughs> they saved a lot of bloodshed, <laughs> a lot of nine-year-old bloodshed. But I remember when I was in year six or something, uh, which is what 10, 11 years old, um, yeah. and I was walking, Jack wearing, love him. Um, I was walking through the playground with Jack wearing, and we were chatting about Pokemon. And some kid from the year below, how good is that? Like from year five, like a younger kid um, overhears us and goes, oh, Pokemon's for benders. You don't still like Pokemon, do you? And then, and then Jack Waring, who isn't this sort of person, but for some reason that awoke something in him. He just went, you weren't saying that, but it was popular, you chav, and started chasing after him. <laughs> like tried to hurt him. I'm not sure where like, that energy came. That's what Pokemon brings out in people, I suppose. I don't think so. The, the passion, the passion is what we need in life, and that, that's that's what I held. Um, I, I never got to have um, Pokemon Red and Blue as a kid. I had to like watch my friends play it, so I was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I had to relive through through people. But I had the cartoons, and then my first was uh, I got a Game Boy Color for my thirteenth birthday. With Pokemon that's really Hunter. late. Pokemon why? Gold, yeah. Why are you so unloved? Like, why did you get <laughs> this stuff so late? I don't know. Like consoles were never a big thing in my household. Um, I, I just don't think my parents understood the appeal of consoles or what they kind of did. Well, the first time we got PlayStation <laughs> One was uh, for my uncle, and he was just like, "Oh, I don't need it anymore, so you can have it." G- gave us all of these games like Resident Evil and all these like Mortal Kombat. Obviously, mum not knowing anything about video games, she was like, "Oh, thank you very much." And there's me and Mark just like finish him, rip his head off. <laughs> Amazing! Like this is awesome. Um, but yeah, I did, to, for the games, I came quite late, but boy, did I make up for it. Still playing to this day, boy. Yeah, we both are withering away. I've been in Hitman mode for the last, it was my birthday last week, for anyone who's interested, thanks. Um, and um, I got um, Hitman 3 for my birthday, and I'm a big fan of the Hitman games. And I've been playing it so much when, I actually had this with Pokemon as well um, before, when I played it a lot. Have you ever, this is going to sound weird if you haven't, have you ever um, played a game so much that the game becomes your reality like you're sort of walking around and you're just viewing the world like the game this would be fine in any other game but like we've been on the group chats together and you have literally just been like i can see drain pipes and how to like (laughs) in and cauterize someone it is yeah um yeah garot i believe the term is you're looking for um it's yeah um i'm just walking around and i can view like I'm, i'm clocking security cameras I'm sort of seeing if someone's standing at a certain angle, I was like, oh, I could subdue him and that person there wouldn't notice. And then I could just wear his clothes and they just... Just Tesco just like rolling between eyes, hiding <laughs> in bins. Wearing oversized security guard <laughs> shirts. <laughs> Low security guard shirts with the sleeve hanging over my hand because the guy <laughs> I've subdued is massive. You better hope there's not like any serial killer-esque springs in um, Cheltenham in the next coming weeks because you will be prime suspect number one yeah well i'm very well trained after playing these hitman games but we're not here to talk about hitman i've been having a good time on that though um but yeah so pokemon yeah i think it's cool for kids now again isn't it it's come back around it's it's oh comic this game boy game stolen he did (laughs) (laughs) i remember that it was stolen at boys brigade camp even better the story is better and better yeah, some bastard stole his Game Boy and Pokemon Blue. Uh, yeah, camp. So that's why he lost all of his Pokemon. But I've got that Electro safe on my cartridge. 
Good man. But yes, you, you're right. It has come full circle and it's such a trip to see because I, my, my nephew um, is about eight, nine, seven years old. And he, <laughs> he's five to 11. He, he is an age. He is preteen. <laughs> um, but when Pokemon Go came out and he was like five or something, he got really, really into it. Um, and now he's a lot older and he got bought a Switch for Christmas and he started playing Pokemon Sword and Shield. And it was so weird to be there as this 30-year-old male and my nephew teaching him how to play Pokemon and like telling him how he's doing it wrong and all of this kind of stuff. And it, it, it's it's such a weird... I don't know if you've experienced this, Jesse, but like to have a generation that was not even born when not even like the fifth generation was around. And you're there kind of teaching them and showing them something that's your childhood. Because Pokemon was our childhood. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and you sort of feel a bit protective about it, don't you? But then it gets gatekeeper and weird. And, yeah. But um, yeah, I've had a, I had a similar thing. And that, it made me feel old, actually. Um, when we went to visit, um, so Bobby used to stay with a family when she did theatre at Ipswich. And we went to Ipswich and um, met this family. Because like Bobby's good friends with them, went out for a drink with them. Got this really cute little boy... He must have been five or six or something and mad into Pokemon. And once he realized that I knew about Pokemon, I was the coolest grown up ever, which was awesome. Right. I was down with that. But um, we started, he was like, oh, do you know all the Pokemon in order? And I was like, do I know all the Pokemon in order? So, <laughs> and I was, I was like, right, let's do them together then. And I was like, right, Bulbasaur, Ivysaur, Venusaur, Charmander. And he went, no. And I went, what? And he went, no, Mega Venusaur. And I went, what? And he went, Mega Venusaur comes after Venusaur. I was like, the fuck is Mega Venusaur? And then there's Mega Charizard and all these Mega Revolutions that I'd never properly got into. But he was counting that in his thing. And suddenly I was I lost all my street cred for not knowing the Megas. Well, he was wrong. He was wrong. Um, he was. Oh, Aaron's tuned in. That's nice. Aaron using Pokemon in his lessons, teaching the Aaron, young Aaron is, Aaron is a primary school teacher, we should clarify for, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know. He, he's not a driving instructor. That would, uh, that would be... <laughs> awkward but no I, I can see how that would work with kids you kind of relate stuff count the dog trios something like that i'd be a terrible teacher terrible. <laughs> yeah you would be terrible and um, but the greatest um we're all over the place on today's episode i quite like it there's yeah. no um uh one of the greatest lessons ever in the first pokemon film um mewtwo one of the last things mewtwo says in the first pokemon film is it's i understand now it's not the circumstances of one's birth that's important it's what you do with your life that matters and i think that is a lovely sort of analogy that everyone should live by i i i agree and, and we are going to be <laughs> tattooed on my chest um we are going to be all over the place because you know this is our this is our final couple of episodes. So we're talking about all the things we love, and as people know, when me and Jesse speak about something we're really passionate about, we go hard on the knowledge and all of the. Let's talk about memories and all the things we love. Yeah. So talking of Mewtwo, do you remember that picture of that girl I sent you? That had the same body shape as Mewtwo. Yes. It was good, right? No, we probably shouldn't talk about that. So, um, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> um, so it was, it was good though. Um, so yeah, the old games, um, new games, kids are into them. Kids don't get bullied for it anymore, I don't think, which is good. I guess you would in secondary school. I guess there's still an age cutoff, isn't there? So much Nintendo, but we're gonna we're gonna 
get there. We haven't even started our top five yet, so we're gonna we're gonna get cracking yeah. now, aren't we, Jesse? You've missed ten minutes of us talking about the good old days, Nintendo. Um, good old days being what, like the nineties when Pokemon yeah. was all black and white. Yeah, and now it's all three D, and the colours hurt my eyes. It's not very good. Yeah. Would you like to kick us off? Are you feeling confident? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll start. Um, I think mine are pretty. I don't know if you've like done some interesting picks, but I think mine are fairly straight down the line. But they are classics. Uh, I'm starting with Pokemon Black, which I actually and White, I suppose by extension, but I owned Black, so I'm saying Black. Um, sure. The um, underrated, I think. No one seems to really talk about Pokemon Black and White as much anymore. Um, it's Pokemon Black came out in 2010, as your little banner kindly has informed me. So I was 20. Um, I played that and genuinely felt like a child again when I played that game, which mm-hmm. I hadn't done. I haven't done with any other Pokemon games post generation two. And the reason is, um, oh, nice. We've got nice little footage. So, um, at the time it looks a bit dated now, but at the time graphically, this looked stunning and it was quite sort of like 3d ish in a really cool way. But the best thing about this game is they just canned all the old Pokemon. They just did 150 brand new Pokemon with no crossovers from previous generation. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Just felt like a brand new game. And me and my mate Rob, who were playing this together, um, decided to stay off the internet and not what look at spoilers in advance of it coming out. Because this was back when it would come out in Japan a long time before. And... Um, we would we stayed off, no spoilers, so we didn't know about any of the Pokemon, any of the cities or anything, and that's what made me feel like a child, because you would get your starter, you'd catch things, just because it looked cool, not because you'd Googled, oh, it evolves into this, and this is wicked, and this is how I'm going to do my team. You just built your team up, like, naturally, like I would have yeah. done when I was a kid, and it was awesome. It's such a fun game, and the storyline's cool. Do you remember N, the sort of main yes. protagonist from this, with the long green hair? He's like a weird... He was, like, raised by Pokemon, and he wants to free Pokemon. He's a bit sort of animal rights, but really evil about it at the same time. He's basically Petter. No, but N, N's justification was... You, you got behind him. It's like the first villain in the Pokemon games that you actually kind of sympathize with, and especially near the end when you find out, like, he's abused by his dad and all this other kind of stuff, and he just wants Pokemon to be happy... You feel like a little bit like the monster of like, oh god, I'm just now I'm gonna kill his Pokemon and kill his dreams. Great. Yeah, it was yeah, it was rough. But <laughs> whoever um, whatever this video is that you've um, pulled from somewhere, the nickname they've given their Pokemon is Spankwire. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> fully support, fully support. <laughs> well it's um, but you're right, having that original 150, like no other Pokemon were were in it. It was just like this was new. It was so much fun to yeah. play with. Uh, and I fell in love with so many Pokemon. In this one, uh, Scraggy. Scraggy became one you of my time favorite Pokemon. And the different areas like Desert Land and the mountains and gyms that you had, it was just a breath of fresh air versus like, oh, it is Rattata. Yeah. Oh, I, I had this guy, Venipede. Um, I caught him and he turns into like a horrific sort of massive poison. You bug had thing. a horrible team. Like this, this <laughs> thing was perfect. Like Jesse picks uh, your favorite type, I'll speak for you, is like the poisons and the bug and just the nasty little shits that are in the Pokemon world. Yeah. And this game is perfect for you. Yeah. Because it had a lot of ugly Pokemon in it. 
Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, just some hideous Pokemon. You could build like this poisonous evil team. But even as a child, I remember liking all that stuff. Like I was Koga was always my favorite gym leader in the original games. And I loved that in the second generation, they bumped him up to the Elite Four. He was like the only um, character that got that treatment. Sort of he got a clear promotion from Gen 1 to Gen 2. Oh, I thought I thought it was quite cool that Blue sort of the champ your rival in gen one became the eighth gym leader as well in Kanto. That's cool. But yeah. Ko- Koga being bumped up and then Jasmine taking on um the gym. I thought oh, that's awesome. That's I thought that was really cool. And that's what made me fall in love with um poison types, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a strong, strong choice. And and I, I would say that Pokemon Black and White was the last really challenging Pokemon game. They got a bit easier and a bit like handholdy after this, but this was the last one I felt that was just good luck. Yeah, Sweet. I agree. Um did uh Heart Gold and Soul Silver was before this? Okay, yeah. so Heart Gold and Soul Silver came out in 2009. So it's Heart Gold then Pokemon Black. So okay, so in that case you're absolutely right. Um Black is the last challenging one. And you know why I know that? Well because of later on but another reason the memory was i remember being a broke-ass student and i couldn't afford pokemon black because i was a student i was on blah 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 blah. so in order to afford it i had to trade in heart gold to get a discount on black and i've regretted it i wake up in sweats that's rough yeah Yeah. decision heart gold and soul silver are like sort of gold dust now gold Um, they're like gold and silver gold and silver yeah Oh, I haven't got it in my game. I've literally got my Game Boy right here, but um, I've got Alpha Sapphire in there right now, not um, Heart Gold. I've been playing that recently. Though. Yeah, Jesse's going to get to um, around about pick number three, and you'll just see the DS just slowly come up <laughs> when I'm talking and just laying out. Special edition Pokemon Pikachu one as well. I spent more money on this than I would ever admit to anyone. <laughs> and I have a special edition X and Y 3DS. You do? I like that one. And we, we traded um, DS pens. Look, so my pen should be white, but it's black because it's from your DS and I gave you my white one. So it's we're like little, it's like um, Blood Brothers, but DS Pen Brothers. That's adorable. Um, I like that you played it in Japanese. Of course, that would make it that much harder. Maybe that's a new challenge that you do. You put the game in a different language and just see what happens. (laughs) I played, um, because I was all nerdy and wanted to get into it, um, I downloaded a ROM of Pokemon Green which was um, the first edition. So when Pokemon first came out in Japan, it was Pokemon Red and Green. And um, then they re-released them as Pokemon Red and Blue with like updated sprites and sort of a few bugs fixed and things like that. But someone's translated um, Pokemon Green into English that you can download as a ROM. But because it's only in Japanese, the, the character spacing is different. So you can only fit like, you only need like much less um, Japanese characters than English letters to make words. So they've just like done the most ridiculous abbreviations when you're talking to people to fit the English into where the Japanese was in Pokemon Green. <laughs> so you're playing it and it's like, you battle, come now. And all that is brilliant. It's like caveman Pokemon. Caveman Pokemon, I, I would be invested in that. We, um, what challenge did we do recently or try to make Pokemon difficult again? Was it the Nuzlocke challenge? Yeah, Nuzlocke challenge. I'm, um, I still haven't finished my Pokemon Yellow run of that, but I am in in it at the moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Ninter knows what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, because um, the Nuzlocke challenge for people who don't know is you you have your Pokemon, you can only catch the first one in an area. If a Pokemon fades, they're dead, and you've got to get rid of them. It's it's hard. It's it is hard. Brutal. Especially in the older games, like playing that mode in, say, Yellow, for example, is heartbreaking. Yeah. I was playing a stupidly easy game. I was playing like Sun and Moon or something like that. Um, and for the first time ever in my life, the battle against my rival, he gets a critical hit and kills my starter. <laughs> I was just like, dump it off. Forever, yeah. Gone. Yeah, yeah my, my Sand Slash, who I'd caught on like, as a Sand True on Route 2, gone through the whole journey with him. He fucking gets killed by Blaine's Arcanine with like a flamethrower, who's this, like the seventh gym. So I've gone through a lot of the game with this Sand Slash by my side. He's just dead like that. It's, yeah. That's the last. I think I'd put it down and had a breather after that. Like, I can't yeah, the carry crying. on. That's translation for you, the crying. Because you yeah. do get weirdly attached. Oh, you yeah, do. you do. You have to nickname them as well, which is um, a Nuzlocke rule. Um, you have to nickname each Pokemon you catch, which does make you more attached to them as well. Yeah, especially if you call them like dad or mum. <laughs> He's just left me again. He went for a pack of smokes. <laughs> Okay, um, my my pick, I, I was struggling because the ones you've picked are a lot of my favourites, so I was kind of like, mm, what should I do, what should I do? But I feel like it's very important for us to talk about this particular game quite high up on the list. Okay. Right? Um, there's going to be some rumbles in the comments, and there's going to be some messages coming in, I'm sure, but Pokemon Go in 2016 was just beyond influential like it, it felt like being back in 1998 in that era of pokemon and wrestling and south park and that kind of peak pop culture everyone was playing pokemon go and even people who weren't into pokemon were like downloading it and getting involved in it it was yeah. Yeah. it is quite nice isn't it when like something sweeps the world like that like something that big and just everyone's in on it and yeah, it was nice. It was it was a really hot summer, wasn't it? As well, and I remember yeah. sort of going out when it was first out, and sort of going around the park, and everyone was like, "Oh, there's a squirrel over there!" Just to strangers, just all to each other. And we're like, "Oh, thanks, man." And um, it was yeah, it was really nice. A lot of people poo poo Pokemon Go, sort of, you know, saying it's a fad and they're too cool for it, man. But yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, like okay, it didn't have the longevity. We have we all had an amazing summer. Uh, I think when Elliot was on the show, I told the story about how I remember being in like Birmingham Pigeon Park and just sitting with all of these people. Like, England is not a sociable country by any stretch of the imagination, but everyone was in this park and they were swiping. There were everyone. This was the explosion of people buying charging banks. Everyone had a charging bank that they were using. <laughs> Um, and then there was a legendary somewhere off and everyone was like, we got to go. People were running, running out of the park to go and catch. It was literally like the advert where I remember when the adverts came out and it was just like, well, that's never going to happen. People are going to be like <laughs> in a group throwing Pokeballs. And then I witnessed it in real life and I was like, oh, it does happen. And yeah, your yeah. old flat was a Pokestop. It was. That was brilliant. So I just sat on my fat ass on the sofa all day, just spit it away. I've never visited Jesse Moore. <laughs> it was summer. good. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Swiping away. And, and again, it was just, it was cool to see, especially when you put it into the AR mode, like it's shown on the screen here. So you could kind of have it on screen um, and hatching your eggs and, and doing all of just really cool stuff that allowed you to kind of, I made some friends playing Pokemon. Like I would have, <laughs> it was weird. The first like, time ever. 
for the first time in my life, I had people in my life. It was beautiful. And yeah, everyone was like, oh, do you want to go for a walk? Do you, want, do you want to go out for a couple of hours? And even though it was mobile phone and technology that kind of did that, it allowed people to kind of go outside again. I reckon if Pokemon Go launched post-lockdown, they'd make a killing. They'd make an absolute killing. Oh, everyone's going to be outside and give them a reason to go back out and do things. It'd be great. Yeah. This is more reasons why I think Nintendo are secretly controlling the world because that came out at a great time in the summer. And then as soon as lockdown happened, um, Animal Crossing comes out on the Nintendo Switch, which was like anti. It was like the exact opposite of the Pokemon Go summer, right? Like it brought everyone together and we were all like yeah. enjoying Animal Crossing together, but just stuck inside. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Mystery Dungeon as well. Did you ever play Mystery Dungeon? I have to say, I've never played a Mystery Dungeon game. Um, maybe I'm missing I have, out. And they are good fun. They're, they're good little games, and you kind of get invested in, you know, being a little Pokemon and doing all that kind of stuff. Because there are a lot of side games, and, and we will speak about those later in kind of honorable mentions, because there's the N64 platforms and the puzzle games and mobile games, as we've just spoken about. But in, in terms of cultural impact, there's... You know, Pokemon Go was on the news. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone was doing it. So I feel like it just it just has to be in the list. Has to be. Do you remember that footage of like I think it was in New York or something where like a rare Pokemon had turned up somewhere and you just see like just hordes of people just like running down the road and stuff, like sort of vaulting over taxis and stuff like to get where they needed yeah. to go. It was mental. That's what I loved about America because I used to watch a couple of YouTubers and they'd be like, Well, we're gonna go jump in the car and go to this meetup and Try and find some stuff. Yeah, and it's then fun. they brought in then they brought in that thing where you couldn't spin shit if you were going too fast because it assumed you were driving. Yeah. So like, people found ways around that as well. <laughs> so they were still just like spinning away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being on a bus when that happened. I was like, I ain't driving. Let me spin. I just trying to hit as many stops as I could as I was going on my bus journey. Ah, good times. Good. But then they introduced a lot of like battle stuff, and I still think it's a good game. And Chromie was just, you were just saying that you still play it now, which is cool. And I'm tempted to kind of pick it back up again. I just, I, the only reason I haven't is I can't remember my login. Oh, so no. I'd have to start from scratch again. Ah, oh, that sucks. Um, and of course, um, we won't talk about it too much because it might be one of your picks, although I don't know if it, I don't think it will be. Um, let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee came out on the Switch, yeah. which certainly um, took the Pokemon Go element um, to a um, fun new level i got that when it came out with the pokeball um that you can use as like a one-handed joystick which is actually uh, really yes. handy with a bunch of other switch games as well yeah I, a lot of people kind of shit on the let's go pikachu and let's go eevee i loved it i thought it was just simple turn your brain off and have a bit of fun yeah and it's the it's like a remake of the original games and so it's nice and familiar it's a really nice entry level game for young kids i think to get into pokemon yeah yeah, 100%. Well, that's um, one of the games my nephew got into. I think he got Let's Go Pikachu. And yeah, loved it because it is that kind of simple mechanic. It will be reasonably challenging for a five, six-year-old, but for 28-year-olds who shouldn't be playing <laughs> it. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a nice way to spend a couple of hours, really. Yeah, exactly. Lovely. We live, live my youth. Okay, so Jesse Vance, number three. The most popular choice. I'm surprised it's so high. Surprised it's so high. Mm. 
Well, I only have one more pick after this, and um, I think that pick warrants being number one. But Pokemon Red um, started it all for me. This was the first Pokemon game I ever owned. Um, I believe I've talked about this to you before, and I know it sounds pathetic when you talk about it, but it's genuinely the greatest um, memory of my childhood is uh, Christmas. Um, (laughs) Crummy's just messaged, um, I used a ceiling fan to hatch some of my eggs. I'm assuming (laughs) by placing your phone or attaching the phone to it and it spins around so it thinks you're just running in a circle, just getting those. (laughs) I'm picturing him just finding it too high though and just seeing this phone just going, poof. (laughs) (laughs) My eggs! Um, Pokemon Red, the um, why... Um, greatest memory from childhood was Christmas 90 whatever year Pokemon came out and my mum first of all my dad had bought me a Game Boy Colour um, which was a great present but in true dad fashion he buys it just buys it with no games or anything right so you sort of like oh oh, great so I could turn it on bing Game Boy bing Game Boy that's all I could do (laughs) Um, and um, and then, and so I'd asked for Pokemon Red for Christmas uh, or Blue, whatever my mum could get hold of. And my mum had like sat me down, proper mum sort of serious stuff, and gone, "Look, I don't want need to get too excited for Christmas because this game is sold out everywhere. Like, I, I just can't get it. Um, so you haven't got it. So you know, don't expect it. So I don't want you to be disappointed on Christmas Day." And I was like, oh, "Okay." Um, genuinely believed it, and then come Christmas Day, open it up, open Pokemon Red is in my hands, and it's like. Just everything about like that cardboard box, the way it looked with that Charizard on the front, the smell, just I can remember it all so clearly. And it was just like the happiest I'd ever been because I'd been so well swerved that I wasn't getting it. And it was, oh, this is brilliant. And um, uh, we were staying at um, my mum's boyfriend at the time, his parents who were away, but they had a really nice house um, and we were staying there. I'm in this beautiful big house and I just spent the whole day lying on this sort of plush bed that I was staying in, in the spare room, (laughs) just playing Pokemon Red on the Game Boy. And it was amazing. Just had the best day ever. Fan me, darling. Um, We'll get to the other story, my second favourite Jesse Pokemon story a little bit later. But um, Pokemon (laughs) Pokemon Red was, it, it, it took, you were watching the shows, you saw what it did and then it kind of, gave you that option to play in real life. And and that was the most exciting element of it. Yeah, it was fantastic. See, the, even the, this is um, this is not red. This is gold or silver or crystal that you're watching here. Um, I think. No, it's not. This no, is the colorized version. This is the colorized ah, version of red. That's weird. So, right. I've don't, never don't played with it. the kids, Jesse. Can't do black yeah, and white. I've never played it colorized. So I played it in black and white um, is how I would have played this game. But yeah, just um, I, yeah, the TV series had taken the world by storm. I'd actually bought a um, sort of guide, which I still own. It's torn up. It's here somewhere. Um, um, a guide of the Pokemon Red and Blue games, like months before I owned the game, just as a kid, just because it was in a news agent and I begged my mum for it. So I read that cover to cover and knew the game really well before I'd ever played it. But uh, just because I was a nerdy little boy. But um, <laughs> ah. <laughs> No, this is definitely, yeah, this is, no, look, the sprites are wrong on this. This is um, gold, silver, or crystal. I promise you, it says Pokemon Red, Game Boy Color. The sprites are are Gen 2. 
All right, just 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 see someone a freak out. So I'll get the proper not version up for him. Get the proper version. Otherwise, he's going to throw a little people, hissy fit. There's people listening on Spotify or like the audio. Just go, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> change it. Change the video. <laughs> I'm so su- I'm surprised our, our listener numbers have never dipped. Like people just accept us talking about the visual element of it. Yeah, it's nice of you. But if anyone here is listening audio only, it is all on YouTube. If it doesn't make sense. But yeah, yeah po- Pokemon Red, uh, just stunning. Um, my even though Charmander is my favourite starter, um, my first ever starter was actually Bulbasaur on my first ever playthrough. Um, which is a little bit of there you go, a bit of Jesse trivia for you because I know everyone yeah. associates me with Charmander. But um, it, yeah, Bulbasaur was my first ever one, and um, I had a great time with um, with my Bulbasaur. Um, and a Growlithe, I remember I had in my first ever team that I got very attached to. Um, and a Vaporeon. No, it was it Vaporeon? Yeah, I think it was a Vaporeon from my Eevee. Um, and they were like my three main. I didn't have the most balanced big team back then because I was a child. But I had a good time. Well, Vaporeon is the, the best evolution, and I will fight anyone who uh, wants to say different. You like Vaporeon, don't you? I have a soft spot for... That's better. This is what it looked like when I was a kid. This is the... This, this is my day. This is my day. Yeah, this is it. I could, look how horrible the Charizard looks like a skeleton. And that Golbat is horrific. Just like They're horrible, the sprites, really, aren't they? They look nothing like... Oh, yeah. You used to catch like really cool Pokemon, and then you'd throw them out. Like They'd look really nice, and so you'd throw them out and be like, oh, God. Like, I remember <laughs> Weeping Bell. Weeping Bell looked horrendous. Yeah, it's yeah. Like this holy mass. <laughs> kill um, me kill me now but yeah go back when you when you're facing it it's just ugly ugly as sin yeah um yeah beautiful beautiful what were your kind of favorite bits of red um as in areas you mean yeah like what was it this section here with the the planet stuff the that really got you going this is the sylph co my friend in yeah. um in yeah um, oh god, I've blanked the name of the fucking city that it's in. Um, it's Sabrina's city. She's the gym leader of this place. Um, it's not Celadon. It's to the right of Celadon. I can't remember. Um, south of Vermilion. I can remember them all except for this one. Um, they. Yeah, see, in the comments. Yeah, Crummy remembers the book. Um, is it Sapphire City? I can't remember. Um, I like um, Saffron. Thank you. Um, thank you, Nintendo. Um, I. Um, like the Cinnabar Island I was a big fan of only because it felt like the most epic journey to get there. And again, you do it now and it's like, oh, you're just surfing through a small body of water and fighting a million tentacles. It's actually quite annoying. But back then it was like, I'm surfing on this massive journey and going through Seafoam Islands. There you go, right on cue. This is Seafoam Islands. And, um... Oh, God. Adverts! Um... And then you end up in Cinnabar Island, which I thought was really cool. And then it blew my mind when I travelled north from Cinnabar Island. And I was just back at my hometown. I was like, holy shit, like, I've done this whole loop and it was amazing. And I didn't realise that like, sort of, it felt so far away, Cinnabar Island, that it was just that close to Pallet Town. Um, th- that was cool. Um, I really <laughs> like um, Victory Road, big fan of, um, and the Unknown Dungeon, where yeah. you find Mewtwo at the very end. That was sort of... A real because uh, you got to remember, kids. There was internet wasn't a big thing back when this came out, so you weren't necessarily, you know, you weren't in the know about all this stuff. So going and finding you two after all you thought you'd done everything was mind blowing. 
yeah, it, it was a head trip and also so difficult still in let's go Eevee and let's go Pikachu. Still struggled. And I felt really <laughs> embarrassed. I still struggled. It was, it was <laughs> terrible. Um, but yeah, that, that was the beauty of like these kind of games was the learning and not understanding and you talk to your friends the next day and you go, did you know that you can get this and this evolves into this? I don't even know how we discovered some of the stuff that, that we did. That was the beauty of games in my day. You could just experiment. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. And and then there was obviously the rare, what's known as the Rare Candy Cheat or Missingo and all that that mm-hmm. came out. And Missingo has become like Pokemon folklore, which I really like. So for anyone that doesn't know, there's a glitch in Pokemon where if you speak to the guy that teaches you how to catch Pokemon near the start of the game in um, Viridian City um and then fly to cinnabar island and surf up and down the right you will find a pokemon called missing no missing no dot so like missing number and it's just this blur and it's um you can catch it and nine times out of ten it will corrupt your save file but sometimes it doesn't it just fucks up the hall of fame but um it's you catch it and look at its stats it's half water half bird now bird isn't a pokemon type but Missingo was half bird. And that was obviously a type that they'd put in and then got rid of. So I think they've confirmed that uh, Missingo was supposed to be a um, Kangaskhan pre-evolution. So the Kang- the little baby Kangaskhan, that was going to be a Pokemon. Ah. And then for time restraints or whatever, they had to pull it out last minute, but it became a glitchy Missingo. And that has become folklore. And I saw some one of my friends was saying his son was talking about Missingo in the school with his friends recently, sort of talking about this old glitchy Pokemon. And it's like this cool sort of crazy folklore. And it was like, we were there on the front lines, man, when it happened. Passed down from generation to generation. Because yeah. I, I honestly think Pokemon will be one of these games that it's never going to go away. It's always going to be around for in, in some form of... Of fashion and that's really cool i mean when it gets like if i have grandkids and they're like i heard this legend of a glitchy mew that you can get under a truck and that's going to be a trip yeah you know at nintendo just talking about mew glitch it wasn't the truck god i put so much effort into getting to that truck and there's nothing you can do with that fucking truck but there is a way by talking to certain people on Nugget Bridge and all this stuff that you can glitch the game to encounter a wild Mew legitimately, which I only found out about like four years ago. I never knew about that when I was a kid. And that would have, Jesus, that would have like, I would have been the coolest kid in school if I'd known that when I was like <laughs> nine years old. If I could go back, that'd be amazing. But what you say about Pokemon being around forever, you're right. And what's cool about Pokemon is it's literature right so think of like well we get into like when we're kids we get into lord of the rings or um or film like lord of the rings or star wars and stuff like that and our parents are going oh isn't that funny that they're getting into that because that's what we were into when we were kids and it's just must be this timeless thing that's what pokemon is i think pokemon and harry potter are the two things from our generate that we were around when it started and they're going to be around forever for like generations. People are going to be kids are going to be loving Harry Potter and loving Pokemon. I hundred percent agree. People are appealing to our to our nature, Jesse. Um, how would Pokemon descendants and Pokemon all versions work? You'd have like Milo. 
as the professor. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. Um, Bill Stevenson. Um, I, I'd like Bill Stevenson to be your rival because he just is good at everything, right? So yeah. he would be the one that one-ups you on everything. Um, the Descendants version would vastly outsell the All version, even though the All version... <laughs> with, even though the All version... Yeah, even though the, yeah, the All version would work harder and um, do more. <laughs> the descendants one would still sell most um yeah that would be good oh, that's point. a niche as far crossover for our <laughs> listeners yeah no yeah that's just one guy who like is just appealing to our nerdy nature <laughs> i love it i love and it side, side note though just a quick plug if anyone's listening who is into descendants and all um scott reynolds who is the former singer of all um has just released a solo album literally in the last couple of days and it's on spotify it's an acoustic solo album and it's really fucking good Get him on the show. Mm. Reach out, Jesse. I bet he would actually. Um, he's he seems up for stuff like that. Cool. Stay tuned, people. We're gonna work on magic. Mm. Okay, number two for me. Pokemon Omega, Omega Ruby. Ruby. Nice. Ruby, 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 Ruby. Ah, um, right, Kaiser Chiefs are such a shit band. They are, but like we've all been in the clubs, Jesse, and we've all sung along, so don't don't think yeah, you've They were on Ant and Deck Saturday Night Takeaway the other week, and like you could just tell that they really thought they weren't shit, and it annoyed me <laughs> because they were, <laughs> they were awful. At least appreciate your shitness. Like, come on, people. Sort yeah, exactly. Out. Uh, so Omega Ruby is a remake of um, Ruby and Sapphire, basically, and then they came out with Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire redone for the 3ds in uh, 2014 and great games like this is that kind of time period of it's like we in 2002 and 2003 like everyone was there for the attitude era and they were you know they were there for red blue and yellow and then everyone dropped off when it stopped becoming popular but then there were these great little moments that came just afterwards when they were trying to hold on to the magic and i think that's what ruby and sapphire were like great little games our analogies are on fire today we're isolating (laughs) majority of the audience Uh, but but it was it was it was one of those games that just had so many cool new features with like the swimming and the diving and the exploring. You had two teams that were like vying for your affection. I felt very loved. I, I would have gone with either of them. Did you? Yeah, anyone who loves me, I'm into. Um, did you uh, did you play them the first time round, Ruby and Sapphire on the Game Boy Advance? Um, no, I only did the remake. Oh, really? That's interesting. Uh, this is not Amy has just commented um, to saying she's check if she still has a Mew. If she does, I will uh, find get that Mew from you. I, I, let me buy your Mew. Amy, stop, stop watching. Go find that Mew. No, don't stop watching. Stay after the episode, after the episode. Yeah, find the Mew. Um, yes, so Omega Ruby. Let's, uh, let's play a little clip as, as we've been doing, as we've been going along. And the, the way they redid it as well was very cool. In, in terms of like the graphics and, and the design of it, yeah, it, it did look it good. That first one that they adapted properly, where you go, this is like all new and shiny and 3D, and it, it looked really, really cool. So for me, I think this is one of the best remakes that they've done. And if they kind of followed suit on a lot of this kind of style, I'd be happy. Give me black and white in this. Just yeah, that'd it. be cool. Black and white's got to be the next remake, right? 
it's the next yeah it's the next generation isn't it that they they're to do because they're doing um yeah they're doing diamond and pearl that's coming out later this year which looks really good actually a lot of people don't like the sort of chibi small looking um graphics on that but i actually think it looks cool that looks right up my street like the um link's awakening remake right yeah exactly Links are one of the prettiest remakes, and I think the same for this as well. Use those little figures because all they've done is just like upscaled it a little bit, but enough yeah. for me to get all excited about it. Because look yeah. at the graphics on this, it's so good. It's good. It's interesting that you never played Ruby and Sapphire the first time round. So you weren't, when you were playing this, you were playing it like a new game, you weren't comparing it to yeah. the old days. Yeah, and, and that made it so much better. The opening of this game when you're in the back of the, the moving truck. And the animation of that and they open it and you're in your kind of first town was, was yeah. kind of mind-blowing the way they yeah, did it. Cool. Yeah, I agree. It was I have to say the the originals, the Game Boy Advance ones, and again, this is probably childhood memories and stuff. Like I hold that much fonder to my heart than this. Like the yeah. the diving and the secret base and stuff, that was all there on the original game, and then yeah. they just abandoned it on other stuff. But it was, yeah, it was really exciting. Going underwater was awesome. That was such a new sort of thing that was, it, it's a very water orientated map, actually, isn't it? The um, Yeah, you spend most of your time kind of surfing. But it's a weird Pokemon game as well because there are obviously water Pokemon, but not a huge selection for a predominantly water based game, which I always found a bit weird about it. Yeah. Who was your starter choice on this game? Ooh, who did I have? I think I went, I did go water on this one because I knew that it was going to be, yeah, I knew it was going to be. And Mudkip had a, had cool evolutions. So Yeah, all three are pretty cool in this yeah. um, in this game, actually. Um, I always like Torchic, the um, little fire chicken. Yeah, yeah, fire chicken is good. It's, again, when we talk about starters in later games, water Pokemon always seems to get ignored. It's always like the, the they made it like the fruity, fluffy kind of choice of a Pokemon, which is odd. Yeah, I know what you mean. The most powerful. Although the one in um, the most recent game, Sword and Shield, Swabble. So, you know, it's like this sort of really timid looking water lump. Then it evolves and grows into a sex predator. Like the the, fi- the final evolution of it is just like strutting around and looks like it's about to molest someone. Yeah, strong, strong. <laughs> but you had it because uh, yeah. What did tr- uh, Trico, Treco, Trico evolve into? Trico, he had yeah, that kind yeah. of like Meh, coming after you kind of vibe when yeah. he got to his third evolution. Yeah, he was kind. Of, yeah, just this sort of big lizardy sort of thing that's going to lumber after you and um, suck your brain out through your nose. But it's um, uh, Trico, arguably, is the best starter because of all generations. Because unlike any other starter, Trico um, has his speed stat is way accelerated. Whereas starters, all other starters are just sort of middle. Do you know what I mean? Like they're all average Pokemon. That's the point of them, right? And um, yeah. they're sort of split, split down the middle. But Trico, his speed stat is amazing. No other starter like that. So there's a hot tip for you. Hot tip from Jesse. Um, I feel like Amy's referring to Brock's um, sexual vibes when it comes to... Oh, to I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. He was a bit of a predator, Brock, wasn't he? He was. Like, 
you, you rewatched him now, and it's like mm, bro, consent. Calm down. I don't know how. I don't know how he could see them in the first place. Quite frankly, the, the drawing on that game on the TV show was awful, wasn't it? Maybe, <laughs> maybe that was the problem. Um, so yeah, Alpha Sapphire, Omega, Omega Ruby, whatever you want to call them, was uh, was great games. And Jesse's right because I did go back and play a ROM of the originals just to kind of see the difference between the two. And you're right, the fact that you could kind of do that diving, building the bases was just fun and yeah, different. And I don't understand why they abandoned it. And the, the cool stuff with the volcanoes and blah, 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 loved it. Were you, which team were you? Um, so, well, I own Sapphire. So by default, it depends what version you owned originally yeah. on which team was your ally and which team is your enemy. So because I own Sapphire, Team Magma were my friends and Team Aqua were my enemies. Ah, strong, strong. They didn't abandon bases in Gen 4. Which one is Gen 4? But they had, but them, they had underground, them underground. So. Oh, like black and white and all oh, that. Oh, yeah, black and white bases yeah. and stuff, yeah. Black and, uh, we've spoken a lot about black and white, but black and white is my next push for a remake game. Mm, I might have a replay through, actually. I haven't played that for a while. Yeah, I've, I tried to find a, an emulator, and I always do this while I get a Pokemon craving and I don't have like a DS to play or, or anything, and then I feel like, oh, I'll just emulate it, but it's just not the same feeling. No, I've, I've still, I still own all my mate. I've, I've kept hold of them. You're a smart man. It is me just willy-nilly throwing, throwing Pokemon games away, thinking I'm better than them. <laughs> what an idiot. Around the window. I know. Yeah, fuck, I don't need you anymore. <laughs> get out of here. It brings me right back. I remember that time when they were releasing them yearly and it was like every October you got excited because it was like, oh, it's Pokemon season, I get to stay inside. When, when me and Jess used to live with each other, we had um, just the four of us living together and we just there was two DSs in the house. Someone would start playing Pokemon and then everyone else would go, oh, what you got <laughs> no, over there? There was, I think there was three DSs in the house, which is kind of worse. So there was yeah, always one, there was just one person who wasn't playing and you would get, we ended up calling it Pokey Envy, didn't we? Like yeah. you'd, you'd get Pokey Envy if you were the one person not playing and you just get a hankering to play a Pokemon game, just watching other people. We played a lot of Pokemon, didn't we, in that house? It was great. It was really nice. Just hours. Just sitting on the no. sofa in silence together. I've never felt closer to you. None of us really worked then either. I don't understand how we afforded that place or lived or ate or did anything, really. I worked. <laughs> I just did night shifts at HMV. So, like, I just spend all day playing Pokemon with you, spend all night working at HMV and never sleeping. It was it was the dream. It was the dream. And then the fourth person always played The Sims. And then the, oh, yeah. the way the cycle was broken is one of the people playing Pokemon would then go, I want to play The Sims. And that's how we would do the, <laughs> the, the crossover. So it was a simpler time, my friends. It was a simpler time. It was Now, dear Jesse, we're on to uh, number one for you. And then we have my number one pick. And you. how are you feeling about it? You ready? Uh, yeah, I think I was born so, ready, actually, next. Sell it, baby. Sell it. Pokemon Crystal is the greatest Pokemon game that was ever made um, and remains oh. so to this day. Here's why. It um, came out... Um, <laughs> so we had Red and Blue that came out um, in England in 1998. Um, I think um, Yellow came out in 2000 or something. And then um, Gold and Silver we had in 2001... 
um, followed by Crystal, which is the special edition of Gold and Silver. So God, I could include Gold and Silver in this. I actually had Silver when I was a kid, but I'm including Crystal because there's a bunch of bonus stuff in it, which is pretty cool. And you could be a girl for the first time, which is, you know, fun when you feel in that mood. Um, I just thought it blew my tiny mind as a kid when I played this game. So first off, like I talked about my happiest memory of getting Pokemon Red and that yeah. feeling of going into that world, had that again with this, except there's fucking colour. I'm seeing colour. There's a hundred new Pokemon that just the idea of... I mean, now, obviously, now when they release new games, there's new Pokemon. You just expect it. But back then, the fact that they they could have just kept that 151 Pokemon and made new games on new maps and never made more Pokemon. And everyone would have been happy, I think. But yeah. the fact that they just threw in an extra 100 Pokemon, it was like, oh my God, new starters, new map. And then you fit, and it's a great story. It's set three years. Oh, it looks so good. And look, the first time you could ever play as a girl and it's a, such a cool girl sprite as well, that sort of purple color on it. Um, you played through this. It was set three years after Red and Blue. Like it was released three years after, but also set. So like they talk about things that happened three years ago that you've done in Red and Blue. That's awesome. And then you you think you finish the game. You do the Elite Four. Holy fucking shit. They only give you um, Kanto so you can go back to the map that you were on on Red and Blue and do all that and check the place out. Like, see what it's like three years later. They've built some stuff. They've knocked down some stuff, just like that you do in real life. Like, the place has changed a bit. You can do all the gyms. Everyone's um, tough as nails. You're playing through the first half of this game and you're like, oh, everything's quite low leveled. And then by the end, it's like, holy shit. No, this is like the highest level ever. Um, mm-hmm. Ash, Red's Pikachu, um, who is like the final boss of this game, remains the highest level Pokemon from any like computer, from any character in Pokemon. There's not a higher level Pokemon in any game. And I love that that's in this game. Um, so at the time when they made this game, um, Game Freak thought this was going to be the final Pokemon game. And that's why they threw everything at it. They were like, this is the sequel, then we're done. So that's why you get to go back to really? the old place. Yeah, they thought that was it. They thought they were just going to um, make that. And artistically, it makes perfect sense for this to be their swan song. It's just got everything, everything you could possibly want. And then obviously it sold so stupidly well. And then the Game Boy Advance came out and it was like, ah, you should probably carry on making Pokemon games. And obviously it's done well for them. But the... Um, just a bit. Yeah. But the colours, like, even now, looking at this, I don't know how it looks to people who don't have the tinted nostalgia like me, but it just looks so vibrant. And the fact that you were playing it on this tiny screen, but the colours just popped. Mm-hmm. Like, as a kid, it was amazing. Taking the train from one region to another, um, or the boat, you know, and sort of battling people on that. Just, it felt so... RPG. I'm a big fan of J. Yeah, exactly. It did. It felt massive, and I'm a huge fan of JRPGs now. And I think it's it came from this game because it felt massive, and I'd never experienced a map this size and somewhere where I could completely lose myself in this game. I could go from town to town. I could like move from region to region and just have the best time. It felt like I was there. I think that's that's what it is. It's the first game I ever played where I felt like I was there. Yes, and I, I do think that they were the best Pokemon. Like the Johto Nintendo 
Nintendo's right. It's like the Johto Pokemon and all of this that we're seeing now with the the radio tower. And when you mentioned about the boat, you went and battled each one. You searched in the trash cans. I, I swear a bit of my OCD is to blame from Pokemon of checking every single trash can <laughs> in every single house that I go to. Um, and and yeah, all, all of the stuff that you get is, is huge because then you have like the, the lighthouse stuff that you're doing as well. And you have the Goldenrod City Gym um oh whitney we'll get to whitney in a bit but uh oh, um, but there's there's just so much and you're right just the colors like look at that arbok he looks yeah looks great it's beautiful i think the cut they put and just bearing in mind kids just remember like we showed that red and blue <laughs> footage um from before play that's what we played i mean there was pokemon yellow and they had put colors into that but it wasn't yeah. anything like this um, like playing that red and blue in that black and white, and then suddenly you turn this on, and poof, just all these colors, just incredible. And it's in your hand, and you can take it wherever you go. Like, I know portable gaming is obviously a thing now, but the i the fact that, um, I think handheld gaming before this had always been second best. It was like you would play your Sega or your Snares at home. And that was your preferred choice. It was like, oh, if I have to be dragged out somewhere, I'll take my Game Boy. But I'd rather be playing, you know, the snares on a big telly and stuff. But this is the first time where it was like, no, I'd rather be handheld. Like this, this is the best game that's out there right now for me. And I'd rather be doing this than anything on a telly or a home console. Yeah, completely agree. And so I had gold, obviously, um, and I got a shiny Venonat that was oh, on man. my save. And I was just, at the time, I didn't know what shinies was. As we were saying, like, you can't Google anything. You can't look into anything. It's just this Venonat appeared and it had like a little bling as you kind of caught it. And I was just like, ah, oh, cool. This seems a bit different. Caught it. And then like years later, I realized I had this cool shiny Venonat. Have you ever, what's your shiny record like, Jesse? terrible so um i in sun and moon i caught a few shinies um and um sword and shield as well but in the newer games it's not the same they've dropped the odds massively to find to encounter shinies and it's you can sort of you can manipulate the game so that you can if you're you persevere with it enough you find a shiny eventually um, but it wasn't like that in the old games. It was just complete random chance, like one in 10,000 or something that you'd come a- come across a random shiny. Um, and I found a blue Paris once in Mount Moon um, and accidentally killed it <laughs> instead of catching it. I will never forget that. <laughs> it was Heartbreaking. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah. So um, on G- Game Boy, so Game Boy Color games are the only games that I consider it an achievement to have um, to find a shiny on. And um, I, n- I never have. I genuinely never have caught a shiny on on gold, silver, or crystal. I feel like this is your odyssey that you need to go on. This, Do you this think is I a, should? I should go this back. Is a wrong, you need to to write for sure. You could be like uh, our favorite YouTuber. The, the oh, that. that guy was so good. Um, yeah, the guy that accidentally killed a shiny, and he sounded like Tom Waits. He was sort of talking like this, and I was just going to find a shiny, you guys. Shiny. <laughs> it was oh man, I've tried to find that video recently and I can't. Um we need to no. go back go back through the archives of our um conversations on Facebook or something to find it. Impossible, my friend. Impossible. We will not work. Um <laughs> so, so yeah, the 
there's no arguing. Whenever these lists kind of come up, soul silver, gold, silver, whatever, they they all kind of top it when we have these kind of conversations, rightfully so. I agree. Uh, yeah, they they did um, remake um, gold and silver into crystal. Uh, uh, sorry, they remade gold and silver, heart gold and soul silver, and used the crystal elements on that. And they're incredible games as well. But um, the the nostalgia of the way that that crystal looks from back in the day is what seals the deal for me. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Well, um, do you want to keep the nostalgia train running with my number one pick? Oh yeah. All right. It's hard hey! gold. We're going to keep talking hard about gold. it. There you go. So same game, but prettier, better graphics. But they threw in a they, few cool extra stuff as well. They did. They did. It was um, a big graphical improvement in terms of gameplay. And it, it, it was still the spritey version, but it was the first time that it felt like upscaled and colored and just, just so much cooler and, and also felt bigger in terms of the game that you were playing. Like at the core, it was still the same game, but just, just somehow it felt like this much larger world that you were kind of involved with. And I, I don't know if that was the color or, or whatever um, in terms of what you did, but I was hot gold, like gold was always my thing and then silver for Jesse. And I think we stuck with that in hot gold and sort of silver as well, didn't we? Yeah, in fact, I remember... Um... Yeah, I went for Soul Silver because I had silver when I was a kid and you had gold. But um, Arcanine has always been one of my favorite Pokemon who's only available on gold, not silver. So I think um, I actually got my Growlithe, which became an Arcanine, off of you. I traded it and yeah. I think I got it as an egg. So I'm the original trainer of that Growlithe, even though it came from your game. So I've, I've raised it like it was my own son. <laughs> and as you can see here, uh, you could pick a Pokemon to kind of follow you around, very similar to the um, original uh, Pokemon Yellow, where you could kind of have stuff. Yes, it's the best looking game. Of course it is. It's yeah, it is. It is very good. You could get like the apricorns and you could like make Pokeballs out of these special apricorns and stuff. Uh, it was so much fun to kind of do as well. Um, and I feel like just the way it's done as well in terms of like the shading and the drawing and the colors separates it from all other pokemon games why don't they let us have a pokemon follow us around in every subsequent pokemon game? i know why literally wouldn't you just leave this. that in yeah like literally this game uh let's go eevee and pokemon yellow and they yeah. feel like it's uh, let's go eevee was hilarious like if you're like a venusaur or a dragon or something which would be like <laughs> this mass following you around <laughs> It was, it was ridiculous. Um, it's just a perfect game for me. And I've been speaking to you quite a bit about it, Jesse, where I regret trading it in and, and getting rid of it. And I've never played it since. And I want to kind of pick up a copy. But the popularity of this game, it still costs you like 40, 50 quid to pick up a copy. Yeah, its, it's, it's value has never dropped. Not once has the value dropped on this game. Even though it's 12 years old, it, it's still got the same kind of weight to it. Um, and also, do you remember when you bought it? If you bought like the the pack, you got a little disc. The Poker Walker. The Poker Walker. That was it. Which, interestingly, um, is the one of the best pedometers ever made. So they um, they they made this um, Poker Walker where you could basically um, put one of your Pokemon into it. You'd strap it to your belt. It was shaped like a little Pokeball and it was just a counter. So you'd walk and it would level up as you were walking. 
Um, not very much. I think you could, you could only level it up by one maximum. Like every step was an experience point. But it was more accurate to your walking. It's like more accurate than proper fitness pedometers that were made at the time. The Poker Walker is one of the greatest pedometers that's ever been manufactured. And no one knows why, how they got it so right and actual fitness people couldn't do it. <laughs> I think, again, it comes down to that Pokemon Go logic where you were dedicated to, to doing it and, and actually doing the steps because you had your Arcanine in there for ages. I remember you walking around with your Arcanine. Oh, God, yeah. Alfie the Arcanine was in there for a long time. He, he came out roided as fuck. <laughs> he came out of that board. <laughs> and I, but I felt bad because I sort of um, I left him in there for ages when I moved on to like a different game or whatever. So I just left him in this poker walker away from the game for like over a year. And then I was like, oh, shit, I should probably take him out. And so I sort of take him out and put him back in the game. And he's like, where you been, bro? What's going on? <laughs> uh, I always remember Sudder Wooding blocking the path. And you had to kind of fit. That was like the first challenge of the game. And getting the water yeah, you bottle. Had to, yeah, the, yeah, you had to uh, water him. Because even though he looks like a tree, he's actually a rock type. So putting water on him would agitate him. Yeah, and he had this kind of weird, weird little sexual dance when you sprayed water on him. He was like, hey, yeah. come, on, come on my road. I liked him. <laughs> I liked him. I caught him. He's one of those Pokemon that, like, normally on those kind of freebie Pokemon you get, you catch him, you use them. Always use Sudder Wooden. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also, the joy of this game, if I could just talk about um, one of my favourite Pokemon of all time, which I know you're aware of, but other people might not be. Um, this game, or like Gold Silver originally, but because we're still talking about this general game, um, gave me Crobat, who is one of my favourite Pokemon ever. Fucking love Crobat. Whenever I, I can put a Crobat in my team, I will. And it made Zubat desirable, right? How annoying was Zubat originally? Like in oh, yeah. Red and Blue and oh, stuff, well. he's, he's in every cave. Everyone hates Zubat. But I catch a Zubat early, son. I trade that. I make that Zubat love me. And then it becomes a Crobat eventually. And Crobat, you cannot fuck with Crobat. It's amazing. It's like the fastest Pokemon. It's got poison. It can fly. Nothing wrong with Crobat. Love it's a Crobat. flying disease. It's Jesse's favourite version. It is, yeah. Crobat, right. But knowing knowing me like you do, Max, it, Crobat's tailor-made for me, right? The way you can use it. It's speedy. It's poisonous. It's just... It can evade stuff. It doesn't, like batter you it just irritates you for ages as you slowly yeah. get poisoned and miss all your attacks that's way more satisfying than just knocking some out infuriating infuriating is the word jesse whenever we used to kind of play this together um was an absolute nightmare and, and you're right no one ever had the patience to catch a geodude or a zubat to, to kind of train it it was just um frustration at the end of the day whenever you were kind of playing them but you harness that frustration. You being you as a person were like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> my resentment, my resentment for Zubat manifested itself and turned it into my evil partner. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. See, Amy knows. Amy's a Crobat fan now. You need to go and train those Zubats. See, everyone's converting. Legendary <laughs> dogs. No, oh, this, is, this is a game model that they didn't put in any other Pokemon games. Looking at that map and seeing where they were, and you try oh, the roaming dogs, yeah, 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 that was awesome. And you try and catch them, and then you'd and their health would stay no matter what you knocked them down to. Say you're facing like uh Suicune and you knocked it down to like one XP, it would stay one XP until you could catch it. 
Did so you have got this limping dog just going around, <laughs> <laughs> dragging, dragging itself around, and, and then Ray- chasing it down the woods, <laughs> and then Reiku, who is suspiciously cattish for a legendary dog. But um, did you ever accidentally poison one like I did, and so like you'd encounter it, and then it would flee. But before it fleed, just another bit of life would go down every time you found it because it was poisoned and it was like oh god <laughs> it's only a matter of time before this thing's gonna die this is gonna be in the woods and you just come across this dead dog and you're like Ooh. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna come that's out with rough. some leaves just uh, there we go yeah that's rough <laughs> nicely done um and your rival we haven't spoken about the rival we always oh, speak about the rival in this he's game. a genuine psychopath he's a psychopath and I me and jesse I always name him Jesse. He always names him Max. Um, yeah. And in no other game has there been this rival who, first of all, is scouting out the Pokemon lab at the start of the game. Then he smashes a window, causes havoc, robs a Pokemon, raises it in a bad environment so it becomes this <laughs> evil Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, he probably beats it and he admits to beating it. <laughs> and then he's, he's... it like pulling the leaf on the chikorita's <laughs> <Yeah>. head. <laughs> I mean, I would always pick um, Cyndaquil as, as my choice, which really would be the right choice for the rival. But yeah, he'd end up with Chikorita. <laughs> no, he'd end up, no, he'd end up with um, Totodile if you had Cyndaquil. Yeah. yeah. I always, I always chose, I always chose Chikorita. So he always had Cyndaquil, which was good because I was named him Max, and that's what you had. So it worked out well for me. Yeah, exactly. So um, I just love how evil he is as a person. Yeah, Nintendo. Nintendo um, just beat me to it. Um, he is Giovanni's uh, son, which is revealed um, later on uh, in other games. It's sort of hinted at, so that's why he hates Team Rocket so much because he's Giovanni's um, unwanted son, and he just wants to take revenge on his loveless father. I imagine he, Giovanni abandoned him because he's ginger. <laughs> it's okay, folks. We can say that because we're ginger. We get a pass. Um, but I want more rivals like that. I'm so sick of these games where it's like my best friend and we're going to compete and see who's the better person. And really, they're super supportive. Like, piss off. Steal my Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put candle wax on my chest. What? <laughs> what? Sorry. No where I came from. Uh, but, yeah, just just manner a little bit of Pokemon in terms of, like, just, just be a little bit tougher with us and, and how you kind of do things. Because th- this is the next criticism, criticism that we'll get to, that unfortunately the Pokemon games have become a little bit easy. And I understand yes. that as 30-year-old men we should not be playing Pokemon anymore, but we have money and 10-year-olds don't, so you should cater to us because we're going to give you money. Um, and... Looping this back round, we have a new game coming out, which is Pokemon Legends Arceus, and I feel like they're finally um, giving us what we it want. It looks exciting. Yeah, it does look exciting, but I, I'm I'm holding my breath until more footage is released and stuff like that, because um, Sword and Shield looked good um, when, when like, in the early days, you know. Uh, um, or it looked good in the pre-stuff and then when you play it, it's fine but it is so easy. Why don't they put a difficulty setting in? I mean, that's right. all they need to do. That's all they need to do. Players, normal or hard? Hard, they take away EXP shares, they limit what you can buy in a Pokemart, um, they up the levels of a couple of, of like trainers around the area. That's all you need to do. It's not difficult. 
No, yeah, just give us the, the Pokemon Yellow experience. Traumatize us a little bit. That's <laughs> constant encounters. Not Because the thing that I found with Sword and Shield is it was just constant pressing A, skipping conversations. Like, yeah, 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 let me just battle and steal Pokemon. That's all I want to do. Yeah. Um, Jesse has a great idea for a Pokemon game, and I feel like this is the perfect time for you to pitch your, your evil Pokemon game to everyone. Oh, man. But if I do that, does that make it public... Not so that means that someone could just steal it, right? So can I copyright this summer? So copyright the Jazzmeister, Jesse Benz, that's me. Um, Pinky promise. Steal my idea. Um so how cool is this idea? Um you start as <laughs> thanks, Nintendo. How could um, there be a ginger and soul silver? I thought they like souls, but I'm tame. <laughs> This is true. Mind you, mind you, if there's ever a soulless ginger, it is your rival in that game. Right. Um, my Pokemon idea, you start as a member of Team Rocket or you're indoctrinated into Team Rocket as a child. Um, there's like an evil professor. You're in the evil world of Team Rocket. We can use an old map if you like. So like we're underground in the game corner in Kanto or something like that. And that's where all the rocket, the secret rocket place, which is in the underground place in Goldenrod City. Um, you start there. You're a member of Team Rocket. You're given your starter Pokemon, which, unlike the all the other games, is either fighting, dark, or psychic. Three types of Pokemon that Team Rocket use. Has the same triangle, the same rock, paper, scissors idea as fire, water, grass, because psychic beats fire. Fighting, fighting beats dark, and dark beats psychic. So you can have the same thing going on, but evil-looking, cool Pokemon. Now, what I what would probably happen because it's a Pokemon game is um, at some point in the story you would turn into a good guy. Maybe like you've been raised in this thing, and then you slowly start to realize that Team Rocket isn't all it's cracked up to be, and maybe it's a bit more evil than you thought. So you end up being a good guy and turning against Team Rocket. But if you really put effort into this game, you should have the choice. There should be, um, like in Fire Emblem, if anyone's played the most recent Fire Emblem game, um, if you take um, one of the routes, there's a moment when you can choose to side with the church or side with the rebels. And it just completely changes the game. It's like, it it's two different games. You have to replay it because it's such a different thing. I would want that in this game. You would either choose to properly side with team rocket and you could play out a game where like team rocket take over or you can go against team rocket and bring them down and i think that would be an awesome pokemon game pokemon Poke- it's not like pokemon Coliseum. different yeah <laughs> different in jesse's mind and that would be perfect and quick Honorable mentions in terms of Pokemon game. Pokemon Stadium 2 on the N64. Greatest minigames invented in the world. Amazing minigames. And the and the battle animations of that game are better than um, like Pokemon Sword and Shield. They're, the animations on um, Pokemon Stadium 2 N64 game are stunning. The, it just looks so good. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we spoke about Sun and Moon, and I, I want to touch on Sun and Moon quickly because it's it's a great game. In terms of storyline, it's one of the best storyline games in a Pokemon series. In terms of starters, coolest looking starters, except for the water Pokemon. It, the fire and grass, incredible. Oh, man. Yeah, because you had the fire who was like a pro wrestling tiger. Turned into like a pro wrestling cat. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And I had a, um, I had the grass starter who uh, is mid evolution was the campest owl you've ever seen in your life. He was just like this foppish sort of owl, which was brilliant. And then he turns into this like evil ghost owl thing who was awesome, like an assassin. It was, it was yeah, incredible. with a bow and arrow. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, the the storyline of it was so cool, and what they were doing with it was was so fresh and original. But the gameplay was such a letdown in terms of that was the most handholdy game. I didn't even struggle. Not once did I come close to fainting. You had no gyms. You had trials. It was just like meh. Yeah. But uh, in terms of starters, um, ooh, we have some controversial. I I've never hated a video game more than I hate Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon. Ooh, that's which is fair. Which is fair, but the. Me- the mechanical aspects of the starters and the storyline were great. And I will fight anyone with that. But I agree with you. I will never pick up that game again because of how piss poor the actual gameplay was in terms of actually playing it. It was yeah. just like, meh. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, although, I don't know, X and Y was pretty bad. I, I never enjoyed X and Y. I know a lot of people really did like that game, but I never, I never, I never even finished it. I just... Lost interest in X and Y. Sword and Shield, I didn't finish. I got all eight gyms, and then it was like, oh, you're off to the Pokemon League. And I just went, now I'm going to go home. I've had enough. (laughs) I make a curry, head on on back. See you later, lads. That's the way it went. That's the way it went. The future looks bright um, with this Arceus one, and even the Diamond and Pearl remakes, I'm excited for. Yeah, we have Pokemon Snap coming out as well. Let's not forget Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Snap was great. Take pictures of Pokemon in a voyeuristic fashion. Everyone's dream. Then Perfect. we have um, Brilliant Diamond and Dashing Pearl, whatever they've named it. Awful yeah. names. That's all the really awful names. Yeah, they're they're going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun to kind of play. And then we get our first ever, the thing we've been clamoring for for all these years of an open world Pokemon game. Uh, cannot wait. Honestly, cannot wait. I will be 35, still enjoying the shit out of Pokemon and don't even care. I'll beat your no. children. Bring your children with their link cables and I'll destroy them. <laughs> um, I, yep, yeah, I, I don't think Pokemon's going anywhere. I think we're gonna, we're stuck in this for life now. We're gonna be buying um, reboots of games for years to come. Uh, where well, in this is uh, the original Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum Nintendo? Um, are fantastic games, and I mm-hmm. remember, um. I think I actually, um, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum are to blame for the demise of my first proper girlfriend, like my first proper relationship. <laughs> She's still alive. <laughs> She's just not happy. And it's because um, I'd got my first girlfriend, brilliant, well into that. I was like, Hello. thank you, hope I was like 15, 16, something like that. Like first proper girlfriend that you're like having sex with. And stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like proper stuff. And which was really exciting. And um, but then but then the DS gets released with um, Diamond and Pearl as like launch titles with the DS. And uh, it's like, oh, so I bought that. And then it was like, just not interested in this girl anymore. <laughs> it's just like, Jesse, like, Jesse looked up one day and he went, could you? Oh, yeah, <laughs> she's gone. Oh. I was just. I was just playing Pearl all the time. When I bought that, it was like, yeah, okay, brilliant. This is brilliant. And I got excited because, like, you know, next generation, new console, it looked brilliant. I think they're great games, the Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum stuff. I would rank them, um, yeah, re- uh, pretty high, I think. And I'm really excited for the remakes. Um, good story, good Pokemon. Um, I really liked the additional evolutions as well. It felt like the first time they'd done that, where they'd taken Pokemon that 
we already knew, but given them some fresh evolutions, like Togetic turns into Togekiss. Um, that mm-hmm. was cool. We had two new evolutions, Leafeon, who is my favourite evolution for the record, Leafeon, and um, Glaceon. Yeah, and so... uh, Munchlax as well. We got from that generation. Oh yeah, that's when we started panel. to get like the little, the little baby versions of Pokemon. Yeah, as well. that was cool. That was cool. So strong, you know. We, we can we can criticize a lot of Pokemon games, but they're, they're still fun. They're still little adventures, and I, I feel like they're going to go back to, to the old ways, and just having these remakes makes it exciting again, especially for all of you guys watching for us. You know, we're all here because we love Pokemon. We love playing it, and, and that's what we want. Just keep just keep giving it and updating it and bringing it back to us. Let me relive the glory days, God damn it. Well, that's so, it. I mean, we do we do moan about the 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 new stuff sometimes, the newer stuff, but the old stuff hasn't been deleted. If you don't no. get rid of your games, Max, like you can still like, I, I, <laughs> I still regularly go back and play my old Pokemon games, and I absolutely love it. I've got, I mean, on this 3ds, I've got um, all the DS and 3ds games plus the Game Boy Color games because they release them on the store. So I've got the, I've got Crystal, I've got Yellow, I've got Red and Blue, all on here. Yeah. And it makes me very happy. Yeah, just having them there just makes life a lot easier. But that's the end of this week's episode. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining, giving your comments, your thoughts on your favorite Pokemon games. It's been been fun reading your your stories as we've been going through. Um, For new listeners, you know, make sure you subscribe to the podcast or subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can pick up merch from us at gotto5.tmail.com, which is these little bad boys here. And there's lots of stuff we ship worldwide, blah, blah, blah. But that's gotto5.tmail.com. It allows us to... uh, eat and have dinner which is always uh which is always a plus we'll be back next week with another episode our 93rd episode and that leaves us seven episodes left until got till five gets cancelled so we hope you join us for that as well um send us more of your pokemon stories throughout the week we love kind of hearing post what we've spoken about so thank you again for tuning in jesse if people want resources twitter pages merch website past episodes where do they go my friend well it's like the t-mail website that you're on about but it's a bit shorter it's got to five.com yeah chop out that middle bit it's got to five.com nice and easy we hope you, yeah exactly we hope you have a lovely <laughs> yeah. yeah man we hope you have a lovely week everyone go and play some pokemon relive your your days if you've not uh if you've not played any in a while pick up an emulator or pick up your old game boys and just uh live live through the glory days Thank you for watching. My name is Max. His name is Jesse. We love you dearly. Goodbye. Good night. Gotta catch them all. Pokemon.